Amen. Amen. It is the name of Jesus that changes everything, and it is why we're here. It's the reason for the season, and it is what we are celebrating here in our Pathway family. God has been moving in our midst. I was just back there thinking about all that Jesus has done over the last week, and we have seen men come out to our men's ministry that are energized about community and finding purpose together. Can we get a hand clap for that? Wednesday night, our women's group, oh my goodness, I got to experience not just the, the uh, rhythmic movement party, uh, but, but also uh, incredible teaching and testimonies and hearing about life change and what God is doing. Uh, God is moving in our midst. The name of Jesus is being lifted up and lives are being transformed. There's actually a star back here, which is lit because at least one came to Christ this week. And in addition to that, it's a special morning because we have baptisms today. We've got baptisms lined up in both services, and uh, it is so exciting to see what Jesus is doing here. And I just want to comment, too, for those of you that were here last week, uh, we stayed after to pray together, and in both services, God did something. It was a breakthrough, in my opinion, that God did something in our midst that said, we are going to be the church. We're going to love and care and pray and serve and be who God has called us to be. That we're here not just to consume, but to connect and to participate. Amen? And so I am so excited about what God is doing. These next few weeks, we're going to be on the book of John, the first chapter. We're going to dive deep and look at what is the name of Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And today we're talking about reimagining life. Can you say that with me? Reimagining life. Because when we look to Jesus, we can't help but reimagine what life is and is meant to be. If you're online, drop a comment. Just write reimagining life so our hosts know you're there. I'm going to pray us in, and you can turn to John 1 if you're really fired up like I am. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you that you are incredible. You are all of the names and the things that we just heard in that video. You are the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty one. You are the son of God. And Jesus, it's you that we need now. And so I pray that you would meet us right now in this moment. May your word come alive and speak. May we get in alignment to you and what you're doing. We thank you for your hand on Pathway. We thank you for those that may be visiting online or in person. May they just sense your presence, your love, your care for them. That you have a plan for them. May we all reimagine life and what it would look like if we really put you in the middle and followed you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen. So this time of year, holiday movies are a big deal, right? They're everywhere. And uh, a few years ago, I uh, actually sat down and watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time. Now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, you're so young. Yes, it's true. I grew up with the movie. I was around the movie. It's one of the most famous, most watched movies, and many of you probably love it. And in this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the main character, George Bailey, actually is struggling with his purpose. He's struggling with, you know, his life and does it mean anything? And there, there's a moment towards the beginning, and, and I'll just say, like, there's some truth within this movie. There often is truth within many things in our world. All truth is God's truth. Amen? 
Uh, but there was also some bad theology too. And so <laughs> there's this moment in the heavens where there's an interaction and they send an angel to intervene in George's life. And by the end of the movie, George actually has an awakening and, and really begins to reimagine his life and actually both its value and the purpose that may be there for him. And, and I just wonder if some of us need to move beyond a movie, beyond Hollywood, to say, what is and who is this Jesus, and how does he change everything? How does he help us to reimagine life? Because that's what the Christmas story is about, is a God who loves us and intervenes in our world and causes us to right-size it and to understand it better. Uh, this first book of John, in John chapter 1 in, in particular, it's a very heavy theological uh, work by John. In fact, the early church often symbol, symbolized this particular book, John chapter 1, uh, with, with an eagle because it was such high and lofty theology. And so what happens is when we get to that place of understanding who this Jesus is, we can't help but then see what the implications and the applications are. So let's take a look at this. In John chapter 1, we're going to just begin with verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, in that day and age, this is speaking to many different languages, in particular, the Greek mindset and the Jewish mindset that was present there. He's using a word, logos, in the, the Greek, and that word actually for the Greek mind, would have really almost like, you ever had a moment where your mind kind of exploded? This was like a mind-blowing moment for them because they often could not see how the physical and the spiritual could interact. That in fact, it was taboo, it wasn't possible. They didn't believe that, that the physical and spiritual could interact. Some of us get caught in that where we somehow view God as distant and detached. And you know, what John is saying here is that word, God, who is and was in the beginning, is now going to enter in and become a part of our daily living. God is incredibly practical, would have blown their minds. Secondly, to the Jewish mindset, the hearing this word logos and the idea that God and Jesus were one and he was in the beginning would have exploded their minds as well. You know, this was really referring to Jesus as part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that he's three in one, that, that as John goes on, he'll describe that in ways that they would see the implications, that this Jesus wasn't just another religious leader, he wasn't just a moral teacher, that he was a part of the Trinity, he was the Son of God, that he was God, that he was there in the beginning. That to them would have indicated this is Yahweh, a name that for their day and age, they wouldn't even utter because of its holiness and the power of its name being uttered. And here's John saying, this is who Jesus is. If you're taking notes, Christ is God and the creator of life. That, that in fact, Jesus Christ is God come fully in the flesh, and he's also the creator of life. Now, for many of us, we may look at a world right now and wonder, you know, how, how does all this interact? How, how did God create? And to some level, there's a new generation that's coming up and realizing real time because of access to information and technology how small they really are. In fact, there's a, some TikTok videos that have gone viral 
that are a generation realizing how small and finite we really are in this big universe. And, and actually, often what happens is that then leads to fatalism and leads to this idea that, well, if, that, if, if the universe is that big and I'm that small, what's the point? You tracking with me? And we're going to go the opposite direction with this today. We're actually going to hopefully see that because Christ is God and because he's the creator of everything, that actually that calls us to realize not just how small we are, but how big he is and worthy of our worship. Amen? Let me play for you a quick clip where we took what's out there going viral and added a little bit of worship. Check it out. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. When John is saying this in John chapter 1, that the word was God and was there in the beginning, he's referencing Genesis. Let me read it to you in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So there's darkness, there's void, there's literally in the Hebrew, the word would mean chaos. And here's God interact, hovering over that and beginning to create. And when God speaks, when God the Creator speaks into that chaos, life is birthed. It says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and creation goes on from there. We need to recognize and realize who God is as, and Jesus is as the Son of God and our Creator, that when He speaks, we better be listening. Because that creative force, who He is as the author of life, is available to us. When we think about what this means, God is a creative God, and I grew up as somebody who doesn't have the normal creative gifts. In fact, I, I, I draw terribly today. Uh, I have young children that draw better than I do. I, I can't really paint. I can't really create in the true sense of what you would consider an artist. But I'll never forget the moment where I realized that if Jesus is the Son of God and he's the creator and he's put his spirit in me, then ultimately I'm called to be creative and I'm equipped to do it. And that it may look different than tradition, but it actually invites us to be a creative force in our world. And here's the truth of that for each of us. If you're following Jesus, God wants to create and innovate through your life. That he actually wants to use you in the spaces you're in to create and innovate, to share his love and to share the good news. He is the ultimate artist. And he wants to paint through the canvas of our lives. 
Bruce Milne says this. He's a commentator and a scholar. He says, love's instinct is to create. So out of the unique communion of love between God and the word, or between the Father and the Son that we see here in John 1 and Genesis, the universe sprang in to existence. We as a church, our mission is to love God and love all people in our pathway. And I get excited to think about what that may look like if that, that Jesus in and through us is going to create and innovate and there are great days ahead as we follow him. Can I get an amen, church? That he wants to use you in ways that you can't even fathom or imagine right now. The name of Jesus, who he is, his character, his attributes, creativity is a part of it. Let's read on, verse 2 and 3. It says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and in him, or I'm sorry, made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Again, John's appealing to creation here. And if you're taking notes, Christ is the starting point and sustainer of life. He, he's not just the starting point, but we see throughout Scripture that he's the sustainer. And for many of us, we've seen Jesus as the starting point to our salvation, but maybe not to our life. Maybe we've missed that, that Jesus actually is the creator and sustainer of life. And that in the now and not yet, as we wait for his ultimate return, that Jesus wants to be active in that middle space, that space called you and I's living. That actually when we get Jesus in the center of it and the name of Jesus begins to bear weight on our different activities and the things that we do during the week, things really begin to change. But you can see how we've got to believe that by faith. That, that actually God is able and wants to be active in the middle of it. Let me read to you Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 16 through 17. It says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If your life feels like it's been falling apart, this is your verse. Because Jesus holds life together. And oftentimes, it's when we come to the end of ourself that we actually find our starting point. That, that actually, when we get to uh, the end of ourself, Christ becomes our starting point when we reach that end. And it looks different for all of us, right? For some of us, it may be a really hard moment in a relationship. It may be a really hard moment where we just realize we've tried everything and things just don't seem to be working. There's always a moment, though, where we begin to realize who Jesus is, and we begin to say we need him, and he's our starting point, and we're going to let go of trying to make it happen on our own. Any other control freaks in the room <laughs> or online? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Like, when you have some level of strength, some level of you know, intrinsic motivation and independence and, and this desire to, to prove yourself or figure it out on your own, these kind of concepts and ideas of who Jesus is are really hard because they call us to humbly surrender and let go. But the beauty is when we do, God begins to move. When we begin to say, God, I, I, 
I, I could do some of this on my own, yeah, right? But I can't really do all that you've called me to. I can't be who you've created me to be unless I let go to you. It's a moment of surrender. It's a moment of saying, Jesus, I need you to not just be my starting point. Maybe you've received Christ at some point and you're like, man, I know I'm going to heaven, but I, I don't feel like I'm experiencing heaven on earth. Well, maybe Jesus is saying, listen, yes, I'm the alpha and I'm the omega. I'm the beginning and the end, but I'm also in the middle. I'm also able right now in your life to show up, but you've got to let go and position yourself to be in his presence, to experience the name of Jesus and, and all of who he is. Some of you, this may apply to your school situations. It may apply to relationships. It may apply to your workplace right now, where you're just realizing, I feel like everything is breaking and falling apart. Anybody? Or maybe you look at our community or our country or our world, and you need to be reminded that even if things are breaking and falling apart, even if earthly leadership and earthly things are falling and fading, because if you look at history, they always do, the name of Jesus prevails. Jesus' kingdom wins in the end and in the moments where we say, you're what I've been missing and what I need. John is laying this out brilliantly for them. He goes on in verse 4, in uh, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. In him, in Jesus, was life. Now, can you imagine, just like them, we're hearing it and going, well, we have life, we have breath, but we don't have life the way it was meant to be. You, you see, Jesus coming in the flesh, the Son of God, fully God and fully man, the incarnation of Christ, meant that now, now we get to see what life was meant to be. That, that here is Jesus living a perfect, sinless life. Be able to relate to us, able to, to say, I get the temptations and the struggles, I know what it's like to end the day and need a shower or a bath in that day. Any of you actually realize, like, Jesus had a body. He needed baths. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's on your wall and in a Hallmark card, but he also was very real. And because of that, he can relate. And when we look to Jesus and begin to reimagine not just who he is, but who and what he represented, he was showing us that listen, a life apart from sin, a life where you're not dealing with hatred and division and all of these things, this, this is what you were supposed to experience in the Garden of Eden when I created you and, and was walking with you in the garden. And then sin entered in. And praise God that our God did intervene. That he didn't just send an angel to, to try to make things right. He sent Jesus, the Son of God, to make things right. And in him, it says, is life, life as it was meant to be, if you're taking notes. Life in Christ is life abundantly. Jesus, in fact, in John 10 says uh, that, that I've come to give life and life abundantly. And, and that should mean that if we're 
a professing believer in Jesus Christ, if we're following him, there's some element of our life that should be overflowing. That, that we shouldn't always be in a position, in a place where we're taking and taking and taking and taking and taking and anybody. But we're actually a people that as he gives to us, we're giving out of the abundance. It's moving from a scarcity mindset to an abundance to say, my God has given me life and life as it was meant to be. And he's abundant and available every day to fill in the gaps, to supply all that you're missing, where the hurts are, where the headaches are, where all of those things are. Jesus is able and he has life abundantly. And if you're like, well, I don't know that I'm experiencing that, great, own it. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to your church in community and say, I don't know that I've been experiencing the abundant life with Christ. Don't be ashamed. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Face reality. Bring it before the Lord and your church and say, I want that. And we'll lean in together, church. That's what we're here for. So life abundantly. Secondly, life as it was meant to be is a life with fruitfulness. It's funny, if you are here last week, Phil Joel from the Newsboys uh, talked about getting fruity. Just had to laugh. I'm like, man, that, that could be interpreted a lot of ways. So uh, let, me, let me help you with this. Uh, fruitfulness, Galatians 5, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. There's actually nine uh, particular aspects, but they all flow out of the same fruit. This union life, this life with Jesus that is meant to bear fruit. It's things like love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. These are things that often don't come natural, or maybe a few of them do, but not all nine. And so we're actually, part of what God wants is for this abundant life. In him was life, and we're to bear fruit. Can you imagine if this rooted and came alive and was flourishing in and through pathway? what it would look like, how Vera would be different, how your home, your neighborhood, your workplace would be different if you were bearing the abundant and fruitful life. Third is it gives us purpose. You know, many of us are drifting and aimless, not really sure what our purpose is, not sure our identity. Jesus answers all of that. He enters into it and he says, hey, your purpose isn't gonna look like Pastor Brian's or somebody else's. It's gonna be unique to who I've created and crafted you to be and in his creativity and innovation if you follow him he's ready to give you a purpose a life on mission where you're not just waking up and going through the motions every day but you're waking up and going I know today matters because I still have breath and if I have breath God isn't done with me and then life with community Life with Jesus is a realization that he places us in community with new brothers and sisters. Some look like us, some don't. Some have backgrounds like us, some don't. But that's the beauty of the body of Christ is we're invited in to community, a community that you will find when lived well nowhere else in the world because you have a common denominator that no other community can offer you. Because at the foot of the cross is the most level ground. Every single one of us comes to Jesus in need of a Savior. And then we receive the same inheritance, the same Holy Spirit that everybody else receives is now placed inside of us. That creates 
unity in a way that nothing else can. Can you see how these things that John is laying out and will lay out invite us to reimagine life? It has implications. Like some of you are like, well, that takes time. It does. It actually does. If he's Lord and Savior, he owns our time. And some of you are like, well, I haven't experienced that in community. I don't know that I've found my purpose yet. We want to help with that. But you've also got to do your part. Community takes intentionality. It takes a willingness to reach out to others, to say, I don't, I don't necessarily feel connected yet, because guess what, church? I've been here 13 months. The church is going through change and transition. God is moving. We prayed for all things new last January in our fast. We've been praying on Wednesdays for new wine, and God is moving. And as he does, each of us have to lean in and be intentional if we want purpose and community in every season. Amen? So he's the life we're looking for. In so many ways, it'd be easy to say, well, that's, that's good for them. You're, you're preaching to my neighbor right now. You're preaching to my spouse. You're preaching to my kid. But what is God saying to you today? Because I really believe that part of what, what he wants to get into in our hearts is it's time to turn up the light. It's actually time to turn up the light in life of Jesus. That, in fact, we need to, to not hold back because we don't know when he's returning, so we need to turn it up. And we need to make it ours. Yes, there's a community, but what are you going to do with what he's showing you today? Let me show you another quick video that I thought was hilarious. Anybody decorated for Christmas? Got some lights up? Check this out. Merry Christmas. Did you catch it? The neighbor's house said ditto with an arrow. I just thought that was priceless, right? I get it. But how many of us are doing that in our walk with Jesus? Are saying, I see the light in them. I see what's happening. Ditto. Instead of turning it up ourselves. So let's get into that space today. Because I don't think any of us should be saying ditto. We should be saying, it's my time. It's my time, right? Romans chapter 6 speaks to this. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can he who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What's that last part say? What kind of life? Newness. You see, today we'll, we'll see some people baptized. We'll see some people that are celebrating that they were buried in Christ, that there's newness in life that Jesus has given them. And as that unfolds, it, it leads all of us to ask the question, am I walking in that newness of life? Have I made that decision or am I just saying ditto? I want you to ask 
yourself that question. You see, baptism is for every believer. It's a decision we make that declares who Jesus is, the name of Jesus, and who we're following. It's not just the life of Jesus. It's the reality that Jesus' light has overcome the darkness. The darkness in our own life. The things that we struggle with. The things that we go through. The things that we hold on to. That, that in fact Jesus says, listen, I've got better life for you. And I'm the light that can overcome it. Look at what John 1 verse 5 says. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is that light. And those dark spaces and areas of our life, those hurts, those hang-ups, those things that we hold on to, those are the very places that Jesus wants to shine his light into. That Jesus wants to help you reimagine life without that. That no, that's who you used to be. Yeah, maybe it's been with you for a long time. Whatever that issue may be, that sin or behavior or brokenness. And here's Jesus saying, hell, I got something better for you. I've got life and life abundantly, and I'm the light that wants to shine in to that dark place. Christ's life and light revealed always wins. This is what John is saying. He's saying the light has overcome the darkness. Light has never lost a battle to darkness. Practically, physically, theologically, it will never lose. Light always wins. And I love that he's using this metaphor to help us understand that, that, listen, there's a moment in each of our lives where Jesus is calling and asking us, will you let me into that dark space? Will you let me turn on the light? Will you let me shine through you in new ways? Whenever his life and light is revealed, we can know there's a victory coming. There's a victory coming when we will begin to say yes to Jesus in these spaces. I want to show you in the early church kind of what was unfolding. They didn't have a building. They didn't have, you know, programs or budgets or staff. They had people that were so filled with the life and light of Jesus that they began going out and sharing and things began to change. Acts 2, we pick up a little bit of that story They had just shared the gospel, the news about Jesus and his name. Pick up in verse 36. It says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, this is the name, this is Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. You can imagine this huge crowd is hearing that they had missed who Jesus was. Their hearts were hit Their hearts were beginning to open. Now when they heard this, it says they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. I I would say that that promise is for today. That was a far off moment as he's saying it. Even those who are far off, even those who one day in 2021 would be hearing this. Amen. 
He says, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word and were baptized were added that day in about 3,000 souls. I mean, can you imagine? There's an invitation here today. I'm going to just ask three questions, next step questions. And the first is a little different for us. Last week we finished with prayer. This week we're finished with baptism. And there's just been this sense that there are going to be, there's going to be someone, maybe more than someone, that either in this service or the next service, is, it's going to connect. Like you're, you're going to actually understand that Jesus is available in inviting you to be baptized today. That in fact, maybe you've done it as a child and didn't really know what you were doing. Which, by the way, if, if you need to be baptized today and to take your next step, we baptize children and youth that, that are able to understand what they're doing. That's on the table. That's an invitation today. But maybe you're in that space of going, I, I, I've never taken that step. We have t-shirts and towels ready. <laughs> right now. The early church, it was repent and be baptized. And if you've received Jesus or you need to receive Jesus, if you're reimagining your life and realizing you've been missing and Jesus is saying, hey, I want to invite you to more. I've got better for you. We want to invite you right now to just literally get up and go to what we call the hub right out those doors. If you're online, let our chat host know. And we have pastors in that room ready to talk to you, ready to process with you, ready to, to provide whatever you need so that if your name needs to be added today, it can be added, amen? So if that's you, literally, whether it's in this moment or in a moment when I pray, you know, sometimes we wanna like wait till no one's looking. When I pray, you can slip out and they're ready for you. Second question, how does right-sizing Christ help right-size your life today? How does realizing who he is as God and the creator and how infinite and amazing he is help right-size your life to realize the invitation he provides is an inv invitation to life and to an adventure? Who are we that this God would enter in and offer us so much? And third, are you living the Christ life and walking in the light? The answer to that is I, I don't know or I think I am or I think there's more. Praise God. Lean into that space today. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into a song that's going to give us time to transition. So if you're feeling led to be baptized today and you didn't sign up, you're going to leave as I'm praying and go out those doors. And then we've got others that will be coming in and we'll be baptizing. But the song we're going to sing, I believe, is us as a church bearing witness to what we believe. Declaring by faith before they declare in the waters what we actually believe. God is moving at Pathway Church. Let's get in step with him this morning. Amen. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for the invitation to reimagine life. And right now, Lord, in this moment, I do believe that there's 
some in this room that, and even online, that may need to re- repent and receive you, may even say, it's time for me to be baptized. So Jesus, be with them. Give them the courage and faith to step forward. And fathers, for, for those that are going to be baptized, we just celebrate. Thank you for what you are doing in our midst. As we sing this next song and respond to you, I pray that we would look to you in a way that enlarges you, magnifies you, and invites us into the adventure of following you. May your light and life grow in and through Pathway Church. And Jesus, it is your name that bears all power and authority. And so we look to you, and in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would move in a mighty way in our midst, and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him together.
Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three and one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Amen.